the guy, again, apologies if you're just starting Prison Break. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Have another cancelable song. Not oh, cancelable, no. but a song that we knew was inappropriate. Go on. Uh, was bumping some ABBA the other day, as you do. I don't like where this is going. And, well, we, we know that When I Kiss the Teacher is like... Oh, yeah. Like, you're, you're probably not making that song these days, but at the time and uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, I thought that that, like middle section that's just premium pop rock the uh the part where it's like uh you know that part you you've seen it's it's the part where they ride out on the bicycles yes right yes i thought the lyric they changed lyrics in mamiya too so i'm not you're never considering mamiya lyrics to be and i and i only know abba songs really from really yeah sorry okay so where You I need th- context clues. Okay, so the what a mad day, and now I see everything in a different light. Not the real lyrics, but that part for you, I always thought was, uh, what a mistake, gonna tell him I dream of him every night. Which, like, what a mistake at least says, I understand, this is an inappropriate song. Mm-hmm. Saw the lyrics the other day, because now streaming services will tell you what the lyrics are as the song's playing. She says, uh, one of these days, gonna tell him I dream of every night. So really doubling down. Then just got me thinking about like, man, like what a long way the world has come. Where go from that song to like the a teacher series where it's I was like gonna, I was just gonna ask. serious as fuck. Like this is not a you don't sing or <laughs> yeah. joke about this. Stuff. I was gonna say you think it would have been too on the nose if they played that song in a, in a teacher. That would have been. <laughs> I mean, I legitimately did think about this the other day. Like how insane it would be. If I, it seems like you don't know the song too well, so I don't want to like get too in the weeds. But it would be shocking if an episode of a teacher end <laughs> ended, and like the credits came up, and you just hear like the like strumming of the guitar, and you're like, "Wait, this, this can't isn't be right." I mean, the lyrics come in pretty quick on that song. She gets right into everybody screamed when I kissed the teacher. <laughs> Luckily, uh, a teacher the series only played LCD sound system. That's right, over and over and over again. How many shows or how many things have we watched? Uncut Gems is definitely one of them. Where when you watch it, you're like, "This is good. I will never watch this again." Yeah, I mean, a teacher I, I, is so just because the subject matter is so firmly in that category. I don't know though. Like there was there were would rewatch that scene. Sucks to say, but like there are a lot of funny things in that series. Would, yeah, would rewatch. Yeah, Matt stuff. Uh, <laughs> his friends seem cool. Yeah, g- g- yeah we, we always wanted the Matt spinoff. Maybe you could edit it down. Like, do you ever see you ever seen the movie uh, The Wood? No, great movie, but um, it's three friends, and it just keeps cutting back between like when they met, when they were in probably high school, to now they're adults and they're getting married, and it's like the morning of one of their weddings, and they're talking, and now they're adults, and they, now they have all these adult problems. When that movie came out, my friends and I would bang out that movie and like. 40 minutes because we would always fast forward through the adult stuff who cares about <laughs> what they're like when they're adults when they're kids they're funny and they're like running around getting into trouble getting beat up that's all the, the we, just like revisionist history of the just like cut out like the who cares about being the who cares about the adult parts okay we're all gonna live that at some point and that's boring and get out of here so 
if there was like an edited version of a teacher director's cut, it's just director's mad. cut that's that cut out every horrifying inappropriate part, and it was just about a guy that wants to rock. We, I mean, that would be a good. That might be a good YouTube video for us to make and put on the brunch channel. A teacher minus a teacher. That would. I, I feel like you could get more eyeballs on that. Like a, a teacher has got to be rated what TVMA? Yeah. If it's just Matt and we, I mean, we don't necessarily that know what songs they're singing, hell. but assuming they're playing relatively appropriate songs, not singing about what's going on in their personal <laughs> lives, not singing about things they're maybe finding out about loved ones, you could make that Y Y seven. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like there's a there's a high chance of revisiting a teacher down the road, just like. Because of the fact in three to five years, it might feel like a fever dream and you'll like have to check to see if that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that's I love that. Did we ha- did this ever exist? Did we watch this? Is this a real thing? Or did we just make that up as part of the brunch universe? Don't hate that idea. One day when uh, when Dog Court has won its fourth Emmy. Yeah, Emmy. I was going to say Oscar. And I was like, nah. Maybe the Emmy's first. Yeah. Let's work on that first. And then when the feature film adaptation comes out, then you're talking Oscar category. What do you get for what what are the book awards? You get like a call to cop medal, but what are the what are the book awards? Because we could Publishers Clearinghouse. Could make it into a book afterwards, after its success. Scholastic la, Book Fair Award. Yes. A la Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which mm-hmm. we both started reading How that was i think that was like the coolest thing that's happened to me this week i know it's only tuesday or wednesday right now but uh you were like hey i'm going to duncan's you want me to grab you a coffee and i was like yeah none of that cheap break room shit because that's a, a line in like the first chapter of the once upon that's a time right. hollywood book and i really took like a a shot in the dark that you maybe started reading the book and then you came back with like the follow-up line to that and i was like you're gonna have to give me some cigars then what a what a cool what a cool thing what a cool that was moment. very cool we are we're so we're so deep into <laughs> the written version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that we are exchanging the minor details shared between characters that don't matter. This is Schwarz and a guy in the same building. So Schwarz matters. I mean, like this is a a conversation between well, like a scene between him and Rick Dalton. Right, so he's doing he's doing this to impress Rick right. Dalton, who, let's be real, in this chapter, does Sad not sack. need impressing. No. He needs more uh, cheering up. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's paying attention to what kind of coffee Schwarz is doing, or the fact that he has nice cigars, which is intimated or implied by his secretary coming back and saying, yeah, you're going to have some of his nice coffee, but you got to have the... That you got to give him some cigars. Would you rather be the nice coffee guy or the nice cigars guy? Nice coffee guy. Definitely nice coffee yeah. guy. Yeah. I can't really do cigars anymore. Did you ever do cigars? Uh, Yeah, like every once in a while. And then like you always wake up the next morning and you're like, fuck, why did I have a cigar? It's worse <laughs> it than... Ruins, ruins your week. You yeah. smell like cigars for the rest of the week. No offense to cigar smokers, but there's there's no worse... Like, like I would rather be hungover from booze <laughs> than have the i smoked a cigar yesterday feeling. also i feel like smoking a cigar is sort of like playing cornhole in a way where like oh it's yeah very, very fun, fun at the beginning, the beginning yep. and then like 10 minutes into it you're like ah i wish this was over yeah when was the last time you played cornhole like two, a day ago 
Oh, I'm so I I, I played at a, at a party at the Fourth of July party. Uh, when I realized that cornhole is fun for a little bit, and then you're stuck doing it. Normally, like what if I? It's you, cool when you play. It, it's the 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 problem with cornhole is that winners stay on, and yes. so if you win. Like yeah. one game of cornhole rocks. Yeah, it's it's like your theory on hot dogs. You never want to have more the than third like, hot dog. You, you never want to play more than like two games of cornhole. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I generally, if cornhole's happening, I'll stay away from it. I did a uh, couple years ago. Did some giant Beirut, and that was is that like the uh, like big inflatable ones or whatever? Big, uh, you get get huge. Uh, I don't know if you get maybe we got soccer balls or uh, volleyballs or something, and you just get a bunch of buckets. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. felt like felt like something Jimmy Fallon would <laughs> do, but. Great. It was actually it was a lot of fun. Uh but other than that, yeah, I kinda avoid the uh the cornhole life. You ever oh. play uh QB fifty four? Uh oh, what's that? It is like uh it's like I think it's new, but it's like can jam except mm-hmm. with a football. It was at my birthday party. Okay. It's like it's a chair set up with like a with uprights and you throw the football and you try to get it into like the the like basically the basketball hoop inside the chair. Okay. And then, and then if you hit, if you get it inside the thing, it's like six points. And if you hit anywhere else on the chair, it's like one point or whatever, three points, something like that. You got to get 54 points. It's challenging when you've already had a few drinks. How many I've, points per landing it per made shot? That's the thing. I think it's like three points for hitting anywhere on the chair and then like six points for making it in. Okay. So it, it doesn't take that long. I so I would be eager to play that because I think in my first turn of playing I don't know the rules well enough. I'm probably playing against somebody who's played it before. Yeah. I'm pretty confident I would make a few shots, have some fun, have some laughs and definitely lose. Yes. And the goal that's exactly what of happened to me. The, that so you probably have a very uh you probably think highly of that game. Yeah, because you just, didn't get stuck playing it. Yeah, right. And but the, my problem with it when I did play it was I was a little too drunk to be playing it for the first time. Hmm. It's uh, it kind of gets in your head. Throw I didn't remember the last time that I'd thrown a football, and like trying to throw a football and like hitting a small target when you're kind of buzzed can really get in your head pretty quickly. Yeah, but I, I th- that that's like golfing. Like, what do you expect? You're pro- no offense. Like, you're not good at throwing you, a football, that's right? Yeah. So. It, I don't By the know. way, I, I, I bought golf clubs this week. I know we've talked about golf in the past. Yeah. I'm going to become a golf guy again. Someone over the weekend was like, man, should I get these golf shoes? I don't golf a lot, but these are pretty awesome. I was like, I haven't golfed in like four years. I have golf shoes. Like, who? Do, right. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. You're an adult. Get them. I, yeah, you, I think you I feel like I should I'm, have clubs even if you don't golf. I'm confirmed getting older because uh, I'm doing stuff just for like the social aspect of it now. Yeah. Like... I was like, I should get into golf because it'll give me an excuse to like hang out with my friends. I was going to say, morning. it gets you out of this. Uh, it gets you out of your prison cell in here. <laughs> yeah. Tethered not that it's, to the not that it's a prison cell. I spend a lot of time willingly in here. No, yeah, and that was uh, probably I- inappropriate comparing uh, like one's space where they go online to <laughs> yes. prison. I, I watched a little. I I caught some episodes of Prison Break over the weekend. And uh, yeah, pri- uh, that probably I don't think depicts prison a thousand percent correct. No, either. definitely not. But uh, first couple of, uh, seasons of Prison Break are fantastic TV. Was doing the had those going, and 
I missed the first two episodes, started watching on like the third, did not feel like restarting. I was like, no, no, keep it, keep it going. This is good. Solid. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I remember like being really into that show when it was on. The guy from Armageddon is in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fickner? Is that his name? Uh, in The guy with the crew cut? No. The one of the astronauts. Yeah. He's like the lead astronaut, isn't he? Let's see. Oh, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about the Russian yeah, guy. Yeah, the Russian guy. The Russian guy is in it, but is uh, Fickner not in it? I don't know. I thought he might have been in it too, but. The uh, Jack Bauer style character that exists in The Purges number two and three is in it. He plays a lawyer guy. Uh, he plays the lawyer guy who goes around and does stuff with the character who looks like they might be a relative of Alexis Bledel. Didn't. Oh, look yeah, up yeah, whether yeah, or not that's yeah. the case. Uh, Sarah Wayne Callies, by the way. Mm-hmm. So did you know who Sarah Wayne Callies was before The Walking Dead? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. did not. Was very excited to see that Sarah Wayne Callies gets the and. Really? In yeah. Prison Break? Yeah. Wow. She gets the and in the credits. That's surprising because I think that's like the first time I've ever seen her. I would assume that would be What people's... a first time honor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, there's a character in it. Spoiler, if you, you aren't doing Prison Break yet, folks. Uh, they do an episode with Abraham from The Walking Dead. Who's Abraham from The, the Walking Dead? The guy looks like Tim Thomas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, really? he plays a CO, and there is a... a all hell breaks loose in the prison. That sounds like all Prison the, Break. <laughs> all the prisoners, uh, they break into... It's like prison break-in, kind of. They break into areas where they shouldn't be, okay. and they're starting fires and everything, which I don't know if uh, Jimbo's still exists, uh, pardon my take thing. Mm-hmm. All-time Jimbo, starting a fire in a prison that you are living in, in yes. and not allowed to... Like there's, yeah, right. there's one place that you cannot get out of if you're a prisoner, theoretically. Starting a fire in that building is... I would say a Jimbo. That is a good call. Uh, that happens. I feel like that happens a lot in prison movies where they like set fire to to do it. A lot of the time it's for distraction. Yeah, but it's like, hey, can you create create a distraction without setting your home on fire? Uh, anyway, there's a character. Uh, what's his name? Uh, not. There are all sorts of character names in this show. There's mm-hmm. a guy named Shoot. Uh, there's a god. Uh, there's a character. Th- th- his name is like. Dumbo or something like, like kind of like mean like hey like this guy's dumb or like crazy or I, I forget what they call him. but then there's a this other dude played by bootleg um bootleg who's the guy from uh vice principals Danny McBride no uh Walter Walton Goggins yeah there's a bootleg Walton Goggins character I don't know if Walton Goggins oh I know who you're yet. talking about and this guy is trouble yeah he's uh he's very creepy this guy's bad news. Right. He does like a lot of like smacking his lips, licking his well, licking his chops. He just kind of carries himself like a Walton Goggins character. Yeah. yeah. And he kills this uh this poor I remember this. Abraham I, character. First time that I'd forgotten Oh yeah, he kills Oh, he, he kills that guy? Okay. The whole episode he's thought like about the show in a long threatening time. to he like t- he takes the guy's wallet, he sees a picture of his daughter and everything and he's like after I kill you, I'm going to get out of here and like I'm going to find your daughter and everything, saying all sorts of terrible things. And uh the guy again. Apologies if you're just starting Prison Break. The uh, really guy from Armageddon is like, "Hey, we're not touching this guy. Leave him alone. He's got nothing to do with this. Like, 
leave him alone. And it's like I think it's like, this guy's like he's new. He's like a he's new just CEO. Uh, yeah. Awful early going. Tough and, break. Yeah. They're like, you get out of here, Walton Goggins character, and he's like, Fine, I won't do anything. And they let the guy go and he just kills him. I was I remember that uh, you didn't want to see me when I was watching that. <laughs> they, I remember they don't they don't really want to include that guy in on the plans. Yeah, he like he he like sort of finds out and he is like I'll I'll ruin your plans if you don't include me in the break. He finds his way into that. Uh, apologies to I think you should leave. Uh, continue to have a conversation and everything else because we're just definitely doing prison break right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, Penny, I like the show. It's ridiculous in a bunch of ways, of course. But um, the main character. Definitely. How in the way that Pacey is from the George Clooney school of acting, mm-hmm. this guy is so distractingly from the Nicolas Cage school of acting, where everything he about, says uh, is Lincoln or not Lincoln, um, Michael Schofield, the guy that the guy that prison breaks in, the guy that puts yeah. himself in prison so yes, he can break out. Michael Schofield is that? That's the actor. Yeah, of a of a famous music video. Ooh, which one? Uh, I don't remember. I think it's a Mariah Carey music video. Pete's internet is down, by the way. I can't yeah. believe we haven't said it yet. Uh, but this episode is being done in the dark because Pete's internet is down. So we can't really look anything up. We can. We'd it's have to go on data. Which I'll never understand. Not a big data guy. Yeah? You, you stay away from data? No, just like information, yeah. But like on my phone oh, data, true. of course. Yeah, yeah if, you need, <laughs> if you need it. Um, I believe that he was in a Mariah Carey video and it was like, Notably, notably steamy. Ooh, a steamy makeout, maybe. Yeah, were they getting cozy? Yeah, I remember them being on. Um, she might be in like a uh, like a wedding dress, and he comes up like the stairs Ooh. in a suit and a tuxedo, and they have like I don't know. Like remember, a wedding? Do they have? Or it might be a wedding. It might be, or it might be like a runaway bride type situation. I was gonna say. Now, typically, he should be standing there, and then she comes in a wedding dress. Historically, well, no, that's not how it works because he's gay. In this uh, movies I, video no, or IRL, IRL. Yeah. okay. Yeah, and but not in the music video. They do like a steamy thing. Yes, interesting. Anyway, he does a lot of. I believe his name is Wentworth Miller. In the in real life show in real life. Okay, but Michael Schofield is the character. Yeah, gotcha. If you went back and watched, I'm sure you would observe he does a lot of. uh, Well, if you look at the if you look at the schematics of a wall, and like everything is, I am giving you this information. I'm smarter than you. It's (laughs) but it's so it has the inflection, energy, mannerisms of Nicolas Cage. Which not sure if that's the school that you want to go. Right? Yeah. No offense to Nicolas Cage. I don't know if anyone's like. Dying to be a Nicolas Cage. Right. Nicolas Cage. Don't you just love Nicolas Cage's delivery? <laughs> Nicolas Cage has uh, has somehow succeeded despite all his Nicolas Cage-isms. Right. And even if I mean, he's, he's made it with all that, and I think that you can say, oh, well, maybe that's part of Nicolas Cage's charm, and he right. talks You don't want that replicated. Yeah, I don't think if I think if anybody else does it, it's distracting, which, at least in my case, hap- as soon as we were, I was like, uh, sorry, I hate to do this. Pause. What's this guy's problem? Why is he talking like Nicolas Cage? And everyone was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, he does talk like Nicolas Cage. And it was just so hard watching it to focus on what he was saying versus like, and then we get out of here. But that's just the beginning of the plan. After, you know, steal the Declaration I, of Independence. Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, I, I, 
I like that you're ha- out here having uh, prison break watch parties in 2021. It was like a, um, it was kind of like you go out and do stuff, and then there's something on the TV, and okay, what, what's everybody watching? And prison break was going. You know, you ever, you never had that. Yeah. Usually, you, often it's a, uh, often it's not something that it's not like a drama. Yeah. You right. typically would just put on like Seinfeld, The Office, yeah. or whatever. But I, yeah, I knocked out a few episodes of Prison Break, and I think I'm in. Huge show update. Somebody tweeted us, not on the internet, so can't see who, but we did save it. Per our request, someone tweeted us a screen grab of page 232 of, is it called Spielberg, the autobiography, or the biography? Some biography like that. Spielberg. We wanted page 232 because that was the page on which the story of Dick Richards being fired from the 1974, 1970s. 1975. That was 1975? Yeah. I look at 75 through 77 as like this pristine era in pop culture because a comical amount of insane stuff came out during there and i always learn i'll hear like a great album and i'll be like when did this come out and it'll be another one it's it's insane so i shouldn't be surprised that this came out in 1975 uh anyway the 1975 movie jaws from which coca-cola and uh mercedes commercial director dick richards was unceremoniously let go. If you, we did this on the, I think we did this on the regular episode and the. Oh, we sure episode. did. Yeah, we covered it, it was both ways. Like the, the meat of last week. Uh, uh, both of them. Yes. I love, I love when one topic can span like way more episodes than it should. I this also, is you had, great, you had a great tweet about, uh, about this, this, uh, this week where it was like, what would you do with $200 million in any director of your choosing? And you're like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, Make the whale in a shark movie. <laughs> yeah, what would your what would your favorite filmmaker do with two hundred thousand dollars or something? Something like that. Call the call the whale a shark. <laughs> so on the Wikipedia page, if you're not a Patreon listener, on the Wikipedia page it just says Spielberg was brought in to direct Jaws after its director Dick Richards was let go for calling the shark a whale. And we had so many questions about that, and you couldn't really find it because it when you went to the uh, citation on the bottom. It said just the like, book. book page two thirty two. So we needed a, a we needed a reference point. Yeah, we and needed a screen grab of that book. We got it. Thank you very much to whoever delivered that. Yeah. Um, I believe it was. I think it was Julie. I okay. could be wrong, but if it not, appreciate. Thank it's thanks, Julie. Yeah, uh, didn't answer a lot of questions, but was way better than I, than I had imagined. It at least answered the question of. How was he doing it and to whom? Because we didn't know if he was saying like, uh, okay, now uh, now Richard, come over here. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, not Richards. Uh, Richard, come over here. Now, when you see the whale, I want you to do that. Like, is he saying to people on the set that this is a whale? Or did he meet with people and say, hey, here's my plan for this whale movie. And they're like... Uh, can you say that again? And he's like, the whale movie. And they're like, okay, we have to fire this guy. The we big, at least got the, that answer. The biggest thing that it answered was how deep into the process they were when, exactly. when they fired him. And it was early on. Here's an excerpt from page 232 of the Steven Spielberg book. Part of the deal, if we were to buy this book, was that it would be much appreciated if we took an IFA director, Zanuck recalls. We had a gentleman's agreement with Mike 
Medavoy, Spielberg's former agent, then head of the motion picture department of IFA. If you don't know any of these names other than Spielberg, that's cool, because neither do we. Uh, they came up with several names. We went back to New York to meet with Benchley, and we brought this director, Richards, with us to lunch at 21. The director kept referring to this thing as, quote, the whale. After he'd done it three times, I said, for God's sake, this is a fucking shark. As we walked back to the office after this disastrous lunch, I said to Mr. Brown, we got a renege. No way this guy who thinks a shark is a whale is going to direct this picture. Full pause. The greatest quote yeah. ever. Uh, I called Mike. It was a tough call. Mike said, this is a big renege. I'm going to lose the client. I said, your client should know the difference between a shark, a whale and a shark. I can't go out to sea with this man. And the next grab is like... I can't go out to sea with this man. I can't go out to sea with this man. And the next graph is like... Uh, yeah, the next graph is like Spielberg was lightly interested in the project, blah, blah, blah. And they just move on to like, okay, now Spielberg's doing this movie. Mm-hmm. Even this book, I feel, spent too little time. Yeah. Maybe still leaving room for us to do a little more detective work. But we did we did find out that like Dick Richards was the hot shit yeah. that they that was like attached to the pro uh, attached to the project. And then Spielberg was like the new up and coming guy that they were excited about, but very much pretty green. Yeah, I want to go to twenty one in hey, New York, <laughs> and I mean, what do we have to do? Let's do like a narrative podcast or so. You know, like people there, people do like true crime prod uh, podcasts or yeah. whatever. We should do like full episodes where. We script it out. We do like a lot of field recordings, mm-hmm. and it's us going up to like the hostess. At Ex- right, exactly. And being like, hey, I asked we'd someone like at twenty one. We'd like the table where uh, where Dick Richards constantly referred to the shark as a whale. Exactly. Or ask the current owner of twenty one, like, what was your experience with Dick Richards, if at all? Uh, what types of meetings have taken place here? Have you heard stories of oh, so and so was here? And really kind of push the, what do you know about the faithful, faithful meeting between Benchley, Brown, and Richards? We don't know who those first two people are, but we can promise you the third did, I believe, Coca-Cola commercials and was considered a very promising director at this point. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, we've been closed since the pandemic, <laughs> unfortunately. I looked it up. 21 oh, really? is closed. Oh, no. Yeah. 21 uh, opened in, let's see, do I still have the Wikipedia page up? It would sound like me too. Yes, the 21 Club, often simply 21, was an American traditional cuisine and former Prohibition era speakeasy located at 21 West 52nd Street in New York City. While we had them there, I'd be like, yo, do you guys know the Billy Joel album, 52nd Street? And they'd be like, yes. My, my, my lead question would be, did you name the restaurant 21 after you picked the location or did yeah or did you just get lucky <laughs> well if it's uh isn't the 21st amendment something involving prohibition I, I feel like there's a lot of bars and clubs called 21 or 21st amendment and let's look this up right now it's a good time to not have internet let's see what the 21st amendment is and if i'm making this up the 20 up oh, there is a restaurant called 21st amendment oh it is 
All right, it's definitely something alcohol related because I Google Twenty First Amendment and the first thing that came up was Twenty First Amendment Brewery, yeah, and then I, a Twenty First Amendment brewery. Bar, and Twenty First Amendment was the repeal of prohibition. Ah, okay. Take that, haters. Good stuff. Never could have seen this being <laughs> the information that we learned as we pulled at the Dick Richards v. I like that we're uh, we're we're like this is maybe the most Google heavy episode that we've had in a long time, and it's the one without internet. <laughs> yeah, but I was gonna say, what else should we learn about? But this is uh, we've already learned quite a lot. I still would like to get Richards. Yeah, on here. and I I mean I I want a movie about the making of Jaws totally more than I want the reboot of Jaws because I know that Steven Spielberg refuses to allow Jaws to be reboot, uh, but. Why not? Why not have a Spielberg movie about Spielberg and like his his process and the journey of making this movie? Because I feel like that would be a very interesting movie because it was so ahead of its time, definitely like, technically and one of the biggest successes. And clearly, the story behind how it got made is hilarious. So, come on, good way around I, it. I want that movie. I'm I'm with you. I would much rather a movie about the making of like a d- disaster artist style yes movie about the making of jaws but i want like at least 40 minutes spent on dick richards and his failure to understand the concept of a shark movie let's be yeah it's the most interesting part of anything jaws related uh a workaround though if they do want to reboot jaws is pretty easy just make it a whale movie right directed by just be like oh spielberg oh you won't let us do this uh well you're not the director and he's like well what do you mean uh we found someone ever heard of a guy named dick richards and he comes and he like tries to make it about a squirrel and they're like dude oh my god it's a dolphin movie yeah, yeah. he just yeah he, he makes like a some weird like free willy style movie not with a whale and it's a dolphin that'd be great well you know you know what everybody said about dick richards Said he's a he's a he's an, an actor's, actor's director. director. That's right. So yeah, you could bring he's in just playing to the, to the crowd. You have your pick of anybody. But I bet a lot of people are like like Shia LaBeouf hears that he's got the opportunity to work with Dick Richards. He's probably really excited about it. Probably. Uh, Do you think that Ben well, Affleck, especially because uh, Shia LaBeouf was uh, was blacklisted by Steven Spielberg? Oh right! I don't. I feel like I don't know that story. And you've told me once upon. Yeah. I remember that being like a big story. Yeah, I kind of missed it. He um he was in, in he was in the Indiana Jones uh the latest Indiana Jones with uh with Harrison Ford and he was like the young prodigy of Indiana Jones and it was supposed to like transition to him being the guy and like after they made the movie Shia LaBeouf was like this movie sucks because <laughs> I I really didn't like this movie at all. And Affleck Armageddon commentary yeah. style yeah and uh steven spielberg did not take kindly to that and kind of had him like take like blacklisted from hollywood okay from all like major projects all right i'll have to look up what shia labeouf said and whether it was disrespectful to specific people or if it was just a hey this was a weird one i don't think i did great uh but whatever live and learn mm-hmm. i'm guessing by spielberg's reaction it was probably more like being mean and shitting on the project. I don't know. Like I would have to look it up and, and get all the context of it. But I we've hit our limit for googling, by the that's way. Today. True. We can't get this that's information. Uh, uh, Steve, Spielberg, though, like is does seem overly petty and annoying about certain things, specifically the Netflix thing. Which, by the way, he has signed a streaming deal. 
What's the Spielberg's relationship with Netflix? He was like, there's absolutely no fucking way that any movie made and released via a streaming platform should ever be nominated for oh. like an Oscar. Yeah, Spielberg seems like a guy who would care a lot about Oscars. Because mm-hmm. like he's the Oscar. Yeah, guy. right. <laughs> if I started winning like a bunch of specific awards, I'd be like, oh, this is the most important award in the world that right. given to me. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. Then maybe, like, I bet. Based on what we've heard so far, I would say Richards is probably a cooler hang than Spielberg. Probably. And being a cool hang isn't the most important thing. I mean, he Spielberg does incredible work, but I've not seen him described as an actor's director. Yeah, the, the, that's true. And the coolest thing that I know about Spielberg is that he had a book written about him in which Dick Richards came away looking like the coolest guy. Yeah. I like that we've just <laughs> turned this towards like us... Uh, having a lot of questions about Dick Richards to being like, we've talked about him so much at this point that he's, he's our like best one friend. of us now <laughs> yeah. and we like Dick Richards. Friend of the podcast, whether he knows it or not. Oh, Dick Richards, we gotta get him. I don't know how old he is. It doesn't say how old he is on his Wikipedia page. All it does is say that He's known as a storyteller and actor's director. I feel like we could do, we should do like one of those podcasts where it's where like, is Dick in, yeah, right, yeah, like trying to find Dick Richards, and like you could just like look him up. <laughs> He's like still doing shit. Yeah, I think we have, uh, we probably have a uh, like an IMDb Pro subscription. Oh yeah, we could we look have up for years, and I don't know how much we've used it in the past year and a half. Sinking really all just that Patreon taking our money. money. Yeah, <laughs> sinking all that Patreon money. Uh, forwarding it to imdb pro essentially but i wouldn't hate getting dick richards on the horn and being like hey look this is what we want to discuss and don't pull a santa claus on us mm-hmm. and say i don't want to discuss my work around christmas time that's, <laughs> that's a right. that's a i think you should leave season two reference we'll get to it if we feel like it uh look we want we need to talk about the jaws thing mm-hmm. do you think that they'd be like what Jaws thing? Yeah, you'd, you'd like, probably, we know that like he almost directed. No, it there's no, there's like, no way that he forgets about it because it's like the big one of the biggest movies ever, and like right. he was attached to it. No, but I think but if he, we say we want to talk about the Jaws thing, do you think he will know? They mean that I was let go for repeatedly referring to see, the shark as a whale. I don't know if he would like consider it being let go now that I know that it was just like an introductory lunch. But like, it was like a we're making this movie with you, lunch. right? That's true. It was, I don't know. Uh, I would like won't... to. I would like to, to. To. I think that's the most that. I, that's what I want most out of a, a conversation with Dick Ridges. Like how much he was. How much he thinks that he was involved in Jaws, and how much like he feels like that was taken away from him. Yeah, and if maybe any ideas were exchanged, because that's a tale as old as time. When again, they went into this thinking like this is our guy and everything. Mm-hmm. Where. Uh, I wonder if he pitched any ideas or suggested anything. Who knows? Maybe. What if we get Richards on and he's like, yeah, you know, we just talked briefly. Look, I put my foot in my mouth. I said a couple of wrong things. I told them that maybe they should get rid of the uh, affair between uh, the between Dreyfus's character and the police chief sheriff's Mm -hmm. wife. And, you know, we moved on. I never really saw the movie, but uh, I just hope that uh, everything worked out okay. We'd be like, Yo, Dick, they, they, they used that. that. <laughs> yeah. And and guess what? I think they took a shot at you. They named the boat Orca. Oh, that's true. What if they did do that? What if that was like Dick, a, what if that was like a petty dickhead yeah. move to be like, how funny would it be if we made if we named the boat Orca just to make fun of the guy that we fired? And then spiked the football by putting 
on Steven Spielberg's Wikipedia page that it was his idea to get rid of that detail. Like, Dick, are you at a computer? Do you have internet? <laughs> okay. Well, ours we is don't. down. Yeah, but right. last time, uh, and if you're asked, oh, well, then how are you interviewing him? It's in person. That's right. We went and found And when we say, do Dick you Richards. have internet, we mean, like, do you have a... Uh, uh, hotspot is that what it's called? Or yes. Remember those cards people would plug into their computer that you yeah, internet? Yeah. I never had one of those. Like, well, like those USB sticks. Yeah. I never had one of those. But like it every now like and the then, coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Just like a car and be like, boom, got internet. Oh yeah. Like the ESPN Hot Shots would come around or whatever if there was like a if it was a interesting game or series or whatever, and just be at lunch or whatever, and they would just pull out their computer, plug in this thing. I was like, man, internet everywhere. <laughs> That sounds very healthy and like a, a great thing. Let's keep moving in this direction, world. What could go wrong? Uh, so we will, we're probably not going to get Dick Richards on the podcast, but should we at least try? Like the yeah. Richards interview? Yeah, I mean, I think that we've got like... Brought a, to you a, by li- Patreon. I think we've got a limited... Must limit- pay $1,000 a <laughs> yes. month to get this. I think we've got a limited window. Right. Not to be, not to be too insensitive, but... Oh, you're saying we don't know how old Richards is? Yes. True. I thought you were saying we don't know how much longer people are going to want to hear about this. Oh, story. no, I, I don't care. That's Who cares what the listeners want? Yes. Yeah. This... We're going to talk about this for like maybe the rest of the summer. Yeah. There are eight we, votes here. Pete and I have, have seven of them. Yeah, and we have, we have like shirt ideas in play. We do have a good, <laughs> we have a very good Jaws style shirt that we want to make. Um Shoot, uh, I had a jaw, another Jaws type of thought. Oh, they never call him Jaws, huh? No. That's just the name of the movie. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, they never call him Jaws. It would be funny if, like, in the second movie, I, we didn't watch the second one. Well, we watched Independence Day, which was... That was the other second one. It was right. like uh, the, the Halloween movies where they made sequels, <laughs> right, yeah. and then, like, 20 years later, they were like, we mean this is the second one. And by the way, there's another Halloween movie coming, and I could not be more thrilled about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think that, like, we are so in on Halloween. Love just the being reboot a yearly of Halloween sequels. Yeah. That's such a weird move. It's a reboot of Halloween sequels. Yes. So strange. And they're just... And I just love the idea of them just calling it Halloween. Oh yeah, they're all called Halloween, right? Well, like the the la- the one that came out last year, two years ago, however long it was, definitely wasn't last year. Two two years ago, three years ago, whatever, was just called Halloween, yeah. which is very confusing. But it was like a it was like a super sequel. Yeah, ends with them definitely killing him, and then somehow he ain't dead. That's why, and I think we probably said this on one of our Jaws episodes. That's why Jaws is so much more effective than something like Halloween. Where if you like shoot and stab Michael Myers like in the heart, in the face, et cetera, et cetera, kill him every which way, and then he just like gets up and is walking slowly, you're like, Well, this isn't realistic and this is stupid. But if you like they're stabbing the shark and like the shark keeps swimming, what do I know about sharks? <laughs> right. I just have to believe, okay, like you just can't stop this shark. I, it's it's funny that like the Halloween thing is is keeping going because it definitely felt like last year was like they, they want to like tie this up and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is back for one last ride. Nope, Jamie Lee Curtis back again. And I, I love the idea of Jamie Lee Curtis just only doing Halloween movies now. Yeah. You took care of me. Yeah. I'm going to take care of you. It's it's like one job a year, just yeah. doing the same shit over and over again. 
I will watch all of those movies. We were talking about this off the pod about it's like Billy Joel plays uh, one concert a month at Madison yep. Square Garden. He just like lives his cool life, thing. stays around long. He checks. He, they probably got everything set up downstairs or something. Like press a button, he bring just all shows his gear up. up. Yeah, yeah. He just. I'm sure. I don't know where he lives, but he probably lives Long Island, New York City, something like Takes that. Takes an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just gets a car, comes over, drops in. Bangs out the hits, has to transpose them. Doesn't really sound quite like he used to. Honestly, I've kind of retired from Billy Joel concerts for that reason. But once a month, just do... And how much money do you think he's pulling in? So much money. One, And he gets a banner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Don't they keep updating it, too? Yeah. It's like Billy Joel has played here this many times. Yeah. I love that. I their was banner in... budget must be fucking crazy. Yeah. God knows none of their sports teams are winning anything. Oh, my God. We've talked about how I always wanted the like uh, the cardboard cutouts and the posters from when like an album was coming out. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, Radiohead, Hail to the Thief, and there'd be like the poster there. At some point... That album's not new anymore. That's true. And they're taking it down. Where is it going? I always wanted like the Limp Bizkit ones and everything. It would be sick to get <laughs> one of the Billy Joel has played here 401 times. I feel like it's probably the same banner, but they just like replaced the 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 number maybe, true. like the small little Because like... from that far away, you're not going to notice the yeah. discrepancy in like the integrity of the fabric. Right. Oh man, that would be sick though. Just I... give me one of the old numbers. Yeah. I think the first time I noticed that was at uh uh, I think it was called Wells Fargo at the time, but where the Flyers play, because the Flyers have a, like, Billy Joel's played here a bunch of times flag, which... Well, the the, King, the Kings famously have the Taylor Swift banner. Really? Yeah, the What's LA that? Kings have, like, uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift has played, has played Staples, uh, sold out Staples Center more than, like, any other artist or something. I love that so much. That, it's so weird. Especially for... <laughs> It's one thing if Madison Square Garden were like Billy Joel's from Long Island. So maybe I guess the Coliseum would be more appropriate. The Coliseum also has a Billy Joel banner. Mm-hmm. We should. That could be another podcast. Uh, stadi- or arenas with, I was going to say like no- artist specific banners. banners. But I actually think that it'd be more up my alley to just do arenas with Billy Joel banners. And we call around and we're like, yeah, it turns out it was just the three we mentioned. Like Philadelphia, the New York ones, and that's it. <laughs> Talked to, uh, pitched the idea to a couple of other arenas. Uh, they offered to forward me to a season ticket holder liaison. I don't think they totally understood what we were going for, but they were very nice. They thought we worked for Billy Joel, but we had to clarify. Nope, we're just podcast guys off the street. Yeah, um, yeah, though. Uh, that that's a random one. Taylor Swift in and LA. I mean, like, the best part about it is that uh, Kings fans complain so much. That they ended up uh, hanging like a sheet over the banner really? every time the Kings played. <laughs> really? Yeah, so stupid. It was one of the stupidest stories of like the past three years in hockey. I mean, which is saying a lot. As somebody who is often upset with certain Taylor Swift discourse, I would be entirely unaffected King, by being at Kings a sporting event being to being like furious. there's a Taylor Swift yeah. banner. Kings fans being furious about Taylor Swift having a banner during their games is so funny. I mean it, if I'm at a game and there's a banner that says like Taylor Swift is the greatest songwriter of her generation, I'd be like I saw okay. yesterday. I know that's Ed Sheeran. Okay. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like okay, who's hanging these banners? Where are you getting this from? Is this just from this culture that exists where like 
billboard and all these places only write nice things about Taylor Swift because they're so afraid of her fans of blah blah. Is that why you're banging this banner? Because there are other pandering. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're you're pandering with this. Like that's where a banner of an artist could be distracting. But if it's just like Taylor Swift plays here all the time, I would like put in my phone like, good to know there are Taylor Swift concerts <laughs> yeah. here. Let me know when the next one is. I'll be there. Yeah. I would love if she focused more on Lover from her new stuff. Kind of skipped the folks' news stuff, but I'll be down for a lot of the stuff off of Evermore. Mm-hmm. Tell you that. I guess either way, it leads to me having it's a lot. Really of... weird that you're still like very in on Evermore, but not folklore. I'm not very in on Evermore, but like I enjoy. I I didn't not enjoy folklore. I was stunned that it was the most surprised I've been by the everything Taylor Swift does is perfect discourse yeah. because there was a lot of like she's reinvented herself and she's done that i'm like she did all this like 12 years ago and she was awesome she was working with more creative people and it was better then did you uh did you end up listening to the uh the big red machine no i didn't it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good big red machine remind me that's uh is that uh is justin, justin vernon, vernon and, and aaron Dessner. yeah so i'm more of a vernon guy same. Then I am a Desner guy. Same. I would say by quite a large margin. Same. Um, I would say in your case, it's even bigger because I'm, I'm a am Vernon a, fan. I'm You're a huge, a huge Vernon yeah. fan, and yeah. I think both of us have between an indifference to a light confusion as to why he is so beloved with Aaron Desner, right? Oh, like what? Like why they love each other so much? Or no? Like, like, why? like my thoughts on Aaron Desner is like. Good for oh, him, so, like yeah, okay, get that okay. money. But I'm confused. Well, by I mean, I'm not confused. Why... I just know that like people love the national, like so that that's what I'm confused by. Same, <laughs> yeah. As an attendee I'm of a, not I'm, one but two, I'm confused the by the national as as a group. I'm not confused as why Aaron Dessner is like held as this mu- big music guy because I know that people love the national. Yeah, I don't understand why, but whatever. Um, yeah, so. I the Big Red Machine has released three songs uh, off the new album, which I think comes out like next week or the week after. And Taylor Swift is on one of them. Mm-hmm. She's on two on the album. One has yet to be released, but I think that I like all three, definitely two, maybe all three songs that have been released more than any of the previous Big Red Machine songs. So interesting. Very I'll check it out. It. I would like to. I'd like to dig this, and then maybe. That can be. It's always fun to kind of like backdoor your way into fandom. Maybe like for the national. Yeah, maybe I hear this and I'm like, this is the best song, and someone's like, oh, if you like this song, check out this national song. And then before you know it, I'm kind of tricked into liking the national because I also don't like being, I don't like being Elaine with the English patient. You know, yeah. like I want to enjoy the English patient. Patient. Yeah. And, and like, I guess like my problem with the national is less Aaron Dessner. Then it is, what is it, Matt Beringer? Yeah, uh, I think Behringer? it's, uh, b- uh, Bear, uh, there There might be like an extra N in there somewhere. Whatever, that guy. I don't like that guy. Yeah. Especially because he ruined churches for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm i okay with getting in on the Desner side of things. So you're like, I like fun for this Antonoff guy. I don't like, I don't like Nate Roos. Yes. But bring me, bring me that, that cutie with the glasses. It's the exact opposite of that. Uh, no, because wait, De- is Desner the guitarist? 
Yeah, I don't think that he Beringer yeah. is the is front the, man. Is, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was saying. It's like it, listening to Fun back in the day, being like, I don't really like this singer, I but I like the guitarist. I, I hope guess, that. But I hate that comparison because because it yeah, aligns you. With yeah, yeah. Yo, another thing that was going on that was uh, going on the TV, and this falls more into like if you're if you just want to have something on the background, was Billy on the street. Okay, I've never really watched that show before, like full episodes. Just the, it's one of those shows that only exists to me for internet clips, right? Um, and there was an episode with uh, Lena Dunham. Oh, and maybe it's because I haven't seen anything with Lena Dunham in so long. I don't know if she's like taking a break or if she was. I don't want to say like soft canceled, but uh, I think people were sick of her shit. I think yeah, I think people were just like kind of. I think after. After, after the Odell Beckham after her apartment column. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> the first ever live read. Yeah. Of a what was that? What was that in? Like the New Yorker. There was or like a magazine where she wrote this long thing about an apartment. Sure, her love letters to her apartment. It was the fucking most pretentious was, thing that I've ever heard. Yeah, it was very, very weird. And then there was the um, not to like bring up like greatest hits of why people were like oh, Lena oh there's Dunham, a but long list. The uh, I think the. Odell Beckham Jr. thing was like an important moment in uh, realizing that like not that like people aren't always out to get you. And I think that living in this world and being as anxious as we all are, like remember she took offense to Odell Beckham Jr. like not talking to her at a party or something. I'd have to go back and look. And she was like, she basically was like, oh, I, I it must be because like. I'm not, I don't have this body type, oh, or I'm yeah. not this, or I'm not that, it's or like whatever. He just doesn't know you, and he doesn't want to yeah, talk to yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> um, So I remember people got really mad at her for that. But anyway, um, I watched Girls back in the day, mm-hmm. and I was watching her on Billy on the Street, and I was like, oh yeah, not, not to say I'm like a big Lena Dunham fan or anything, but I was like, oh yeah, like Lena Dunham is like super funny. What happened to just Lena Dunham content? But I guess... Uh, yeah, I guess things slowed down with the uh, the apartment writings. Yeah. She and she, I know that she did get like softly canceled for. Uh, she had like weird. There was like a creepy, takes, like like I forget what I don't want to get going. Yeah, there, yeah. But it, was, not it was a very weird situation in which she was like sort of exposed herself. Yeah, she wrote something about like so, something with her sister, or whatever. But yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. Not, I mean, I, not not the point of this uh, no. conversation, certainly. But I don't know. Uh, just having not seen Lena Dunham do anything in a while, and the tie-in there is that she um, dated Jack Antonoff for a long time. I was like, I completely forgot about. Let's tie in Taylor Swift. It was big. I forgot that you existed. Uh, stuff, but yeah, Billy on the street though. Very funny show. I'd never seen a full episode. I just remember the classic uh, thing where he goes around with uh, Jason Sudeikis. And they're they're bros. Remember that one? No. All of his questions, he's like, "Bro, for a dollar, bro, bro." Uh, like, who? He holds up a picture of the cast of Veep, and he's like, "Bro, bro, for a dollar, if you're fucking anyone on here, who is it?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know, like Julia Louis Dreyfus." And he's like, "What about Anna Klumsky, bro?" <laughs> and everything he says is bro. Um, but it's super funny. Uh, the also he goes around with Julianne Moore, and that's the best because Julianne Moore is, is perfect it? in everything. Uh, there's one with Paul Rudd, and I remember the Paul Rudd one is very funny. I wrote down as a result of watching that. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone with higher stonks than Paul Rudd. People, I, Paul Rudd was trending the other day because people were just 
like I love Paul Rudd. Yeah, he. Oh, uh, Seth oh, Rogen yeah, told yeah, a story yeah, yeah, about yeah. Paul Rudd Such snuck in story. and massaged <laughs> him. Uh, we've talked about like approval ratings for just celebrities oh, in right, general. Yeah, I think that there's probably no one higher than Paul Rudd. There's probably nobody that, nobody higher, and I think that there probably has been nobody more consistently high. Yeah. than Paul Rudd. I don't think that anybody in the history of ever has ever been like, I don't like Paul Rudd. Right. And that's what makes Paul Rudd so high is that he might not get constant first place votes, but he's probably on everyone's ballot. And even if you think like off the top of your head, like celebrity, everyone loves, like you think Beyonce, Taylor Swift, but that's there's not true. definitely like, conversations there's of people being like, I don't see what the big deal is with Beyonce or like, hey, Taylor Swift gets all this credit of doing this. Like, blah, blah. They're like, there's like Beyonce Hive, Taylor Swift Hive. Right. But like there's also the counteractions to right. those where like people are, are not in on them and they push back super hard because the right. vibes are so passionate. Right. I don't I don't know if there's like passionate Paul Rudd fans, but everybody likes Paul Rudd. Yeah, true. Yeah, Stunks on Paul Rudd, and I don't. I guess know, always high. Like I, I watched that show, yeah, uh, with Paul Rudd, the one where he like clones himself living or whatever, yourself. living with yourself. That show wasn't that good. No, and I, I think that I don't think that anybody wanted to talk about it because they were like, I don't want to like dump on a Paul Rudd project. Yeah, but that show kind of stunk. They're like, all right, so we all agree, Tom Brady ruined this, <laughs> right? right? This is, yeah. yeah, Paul Rudd, man. I don't know of anyone who's like, I'm sick of Paul Rudd. Uh, did we discuss? His whopper of a line on the uh, at the end of Friends. No, he said, uh, "I forget. Maybe this was this clip was floating around after the Friends special because I know that he wasn't in uh, that. He that was there. Friend. He was there. Oh, you're saying he was there for Friends? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, there was a clip of him on some show talking about how he was there when Friends ended. Mm-hmm. So." It ends in all like he was like you a borderline main character at that point. Yeah, and you can see in the reunion, like when they're filming the final scene, oh, yeah, like, the goodbye. He's he's there with a camcorder. Oh, in really? The, in like the front of like the production, you know how they did like the behind the scenes? Yeah, where like they're all like bowing and holding and like crying and like waving to the in studio audience. Paul Rudd is in like the front row with a camcorder. It's very funny. Wow. But he said that in the final days of Friends, he and if I'm butchering the story, I apologize. Uh, he would go up to like Jennifer Aniston or whatever and she'd be like. Wow. Can't believe it's like, like how many seasons? Nine or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, man, nine years. Can't believe it. Like acting like he was like <laughs> on equal footing with them. And that's such a funny move. <laughs> man. Wow, I'm experiencing the exact I, I'm also I'm I'm right there. That's awesome. I am David. I'm David. I feel Schumer. like he that's the best thing about Paul Rudd is that he just like does stupid shit like that and like the Seth Rogan story. Yeah. Where, like he just gets away with everything because he's Paul Rudd. <laughs> and that's generally harmless. It's a, like, yeah, it's a victimless crime. If you're particularly <laughs> emotional there, you could be like, oh, like, I'm glad this is funny for you. Like, I'm like that's my brother over there, and I'm going to miss him, and I don't get to say, like, my life has changed. You got to jump in and make, now you're going to be in movies because of this, but I'm not joking about it. Like, if you were particularly upset, I suppose you could do that, but I don't think anyone is hearing that. And not being like... It's probably just like a a comic relief while you're you're actually emotional. Yeah. I still have this uh, page of uh, the the shark (laughs) story (laughs) up on my phone for whatever reason. Uh, I think you should leave. Yep. It's out. It is. If anyone can take a break from prison break, you can watch season two. I got through season two. 
you got cut off by your internet being down. Yeah, I got to the uh, the first Tim Heidecker sketch. I don't know if there's there are multiple. There's like seven or eight. Oh, really? I'm kidding. No. Oh. How many are there? No, there's. I believe just one. Oh, just one. Well, I got to the one Tim Eidecker sketch and but the got date? halfway through it. Yeah, the date yeah. at the uh, Galactic Cafe or whatever yeah. it is, uh, and got halfway through it. My internet went down. So, however much is left after that, I haven't seen. I was going to come up with like four or five premises for I think you should leave sketches and have you guess whether it's an I think you should leave sketch you didn't see yet or one that I just made up. Just an absolutely impossible game. Decided that would be too impossible. Like, no, the stupid ideas I came up with, I was like, yeah, all of this just blends in. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> there's it, nothing too ridiculous. You could do that game with, like, sketches, like, lesser known sketches from season one, and I still wouldn't, I probably would not know half of them. Because, like, obviously everybody knows the big hits from season one. But there was a, a ton that probably didn't, cuts. yeah, it probably didn't, like, register on the radar, and I haven't gone back and watched it, so there's, like, nothing is out of the realm of being too absurd. And that's why, I mean, that, that's why I love, I, I think you should leave, it's as absurd as possible. I'm so surprised that I think you should leave was widely accepted. I wonder if a lot of people, I wonder if it was, like, kind of herd mentality where right. enough people really liked it that it was, like... Okay, I'll check this out until I like it. You go in with like the the mentality that like, hey, you should like this. This is funny. Yeah. So I do wonder like if it if that didn't have if it didn't have the hype behind it, yeah. how many people would actually be in on it? Because that's a style of comedy that is typically off putting. Like that's Hit why yeah. that's why he isn't on SNL anymore. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. And not to say that SNL is always perfect, but um, like a lot of comedy people took that type of comedy and were like, people aren't going to like this, so no thank you, don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I love that it's beloved, and the biggest thing I noticed from season one to season two, and it's made me learn something about our podcast, is the edits in this. Um, this I think you should leave edits like a improv sketch, where like if you go to an improv show and... People, people are doing their thing, they're, they make their crazy premise, and then at some point, if there's like a, okay, we've been doing this for two or three minutes, now's a good time to call it, someone will either like run across the stage to mark like, okay, this is over now, or um, I don't know, maybe it varies from place to, to place. That's without, like accidentally, that's like how we end our podcasts, yeah. where like, Hey, we're done now. Okay, like that's a funny, like that's yeah. a funny place to leave off on. So let's just stop. Um, I think you should leave. Does that for sure? Where it'll just cut off whether or not like there's been a bow put on it. Yeah. And in season two, probably because the first batch was accepted, they're even more outrageous with it. Where like nothing's been accomplished, nothing's been learned. Nobody has even said it. Just like that's just a funny line. Okay, this is over now. And again, I find it so funny that people aren't like. Uh, too random. This, right. You guys didn't even do Wasting anything up my there. Time. Uh, tell me something about this character. So I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's accepted. I, I've watched uh, all season two. Super funny. I'm sure I'll watch it a bajillion more times. I said, I said it uh, a few times that I was like gearing myself up for it to be disappointing because there was no way that it was going to be able to live up to the hype after like season one especially with how ridiculous it was like yeah. how do you outdo that and I think that from what I've watched so far 
it's still so fucking funny. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if it's going to have the meme potential that the first one did where, like, it stays in rotation and, like, it's impossible to escape for, like, the next 12 months. But I'm sure there's going to be stuff that's, like, oh, yeah. that's recycled. And, and e- even if it's not, like, not all comedy things should have, like, should have to be tailored towards memes. So, like, I'm glad that the first one was. I still have enjoyed whatever what I've seen from the second one, and I've not been disappointed. I thought about that while watching while watching season two of like, there's no way like there there are two th- th- these these are all two uh, I was gonna say professional but like two uh, advanced I guess because professional sounds silly when you're talking about this but like th- th- these these are too smart of comedy people with too much comedic integrity to say okay, let's do a sketch where we can get as many memes as possible. But I bet, I bet they probably do it as like, let's do whatever weird thing we're going to do. And if we want to focus on some of the shots being a little more ridiculous. Yeah. But that doesn't take away, that that, no. offend, that makes it better. Like there's a... There's like clippability maybe yeah. to it. To some does, of it I don't think like... that necessarily takes away from it. Like the, uh, what's the one where it's like a work function and Sam Richardson brings a bunch of kids on stage to oh, see like yeah. which one the little buff boys yeah little buff boys who's like the most buff boy and they kept cutting away to like shots of like <laughs> boys doing like this and stuff so maybe that you maybe they lean a little more into like let's get as ridiculous as we can with that but that also serves the sketch so I I don't know it, unless there's something I'm missing I don't think there's any like distracting no emphasis yeah. on let's make this shot or like, let's make this line as crazy as possible because that's kind of what they're, they're doing anyway. My favorite, let's see. I wrote down the first big laugh I got was, uh, in the coffin flop one. Oh my God. The coffin like, flop. <laughs> this is the second sketch of the yeah. fucking extension. I was like, this is going on for so long. Yeah. When he's saying, I, I, my first big laugh was when he's saying, uh, and people write, people say, Oh, you just, <laughs> You just put a bunch of like bodies in. You made it so. Bo- I didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fucking good. Coffin flop was like because you just get progressively angrier as yeah. it goes on. It starts off as like a, hey, your cable provider wants to take this away yeah. from you, and it's like, please, please save this network by whatever calling the yeah. calling whatever your t- your cable provider. And he's like. I'm getting fucked over here. This is a good idea. Yeah. I uh, I guess it's kind of like how we do our podcast. We're like, okay, this is what we're talking about. And then like, all right, we're actually using it to get to this tiny little point that we <laughs> yeah. want to make and stretch out for as long as possible. Uh, that Some of these sketches are kind of like adjacent or relatives to sketches in the first one. Like this was definitely the season two version of has this ever happened to you? Yeah. And that's fine because both of them are hilarious. I loved Carl Havoc. Carl Havoc was very, very. <laughs> <laughs> the steering into she's, he's like suicidal all of a sudden was there was, I was I, like oh man there was a lot of like it did there there were a lot of like suicide references in this <laughs> yeah. season which kind of surprised me. Um, but like there, I mean, like it's dark humor and yeah. Uh, uh, the one that I was like most disappointed by was um, the Shark Tank one. Yeah, it was, like seemed like they were gonna like do like a funny Shark Tank sketch, and then it just ended up being like it didn't end up going there. And I was like, ah, damn it, that would have been that would have been a that was, very good uh, premise that I would have been interested in. 
That was what's her uh, Patty Harrison. Is that what like the like I just want wine. I can't rem- I I can't remember the Shark Tank one. There was one that was uh it, this was like a woman talking it was like about capitals capital something. Uh I don't know. I, I, they're all blended together. There was a very funny. I got to make sure that I'm not saying this person's name wrong. I think I think her name is Patty Harrison. Uh, I've lived long enough now that I know so many names of like people that I know and like dumb stuff that we talk about that I'm always afraid I'm gonna like mix one up, mix one up, and talk about like no this your one cousin or something. <laughs> this one Patty one... Harrison is indeed her. She's very funny. This is the one that she was the uh, the elf one from the yes 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 yes. Wait, like the Santa brought it early yeah, person? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The same person. She does. There is one I you probably haven't seen it. I think it's after you lost internet where it's like a driver's ed class and he's showing videos on distracted driving and all of the videos just leave the class being like wanting more information about the like story and like narrative of what this distracted driver was experiencing and it's all stuff about like a table business and she's in it it's super funny um let's see uh paul oh uh very strong group of guests a lot of the same, a yeah. lot of the regulars from season one, but uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter mix. Hauser, that, that sketch was very funny. That and was also uh, just absolute goals. Couple of guys hanging out, playing cards, making like, making immature your wife oh, jokes, yeah, and then yeah. adult sleepover. Yeah. Adult sleepover for his birthday. That did have everything. They were like, what? He never sleeps over. Yeah. It's like, I love the idea I'm, of like one of the adults continuously having bailing, a reputation. Yeah, bailing on the adult sleepover. Yeah. Where they set and like not like not like separate bedrooms or anything, just like little blankets all next to each other. Like love an it. actual child sleepover. Love it. Yeah. That Doing was l- that was such and like just the premise of like having to rush to get your lines out before yeah. the other guy. Save them faster. That was great. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser, John Early, uh, Michael Bryan, another person who could probably have a complaint or two about their SNL experience. Uh, the kid from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. So far, that is probably my favorite one because it's the most it's ridiculous. ridiculous one. Just a couple of kids constantly talking about their weight and how you have to be a certain weight to play with a doll that has poison in it. <laughs> And then comparing it every every time they bring up like if you're lighter than sixty pounds, they say it would be the equivalent of you smoking five Macanudos. Yeah, that was one that you, you haven't you hadn't seen it. yet. I hadn't seen it, but you showed it to me, and, I, and that was you were gonna trick me by. That was like great that was a, for like the, the made up premise. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that definitely sounds made up. And you're like, nope, this is real. Let's watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she says you've got to get out of here. This for you is like smoking five Macanudos. Bye, hon. <laughs> that kid, by the way, is going to be a legend, right? Yeah, Not absolutely. Not to put too much pressure on the child, but no. the kid from Once Upon a Time Absolute in Hollywood. Star. I mean, after we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, this Everyone girl saying, fucking yeah. crushed it. Yeah. So she's great in that. Um, uh, the the Did you see the court scene? Nope. Oh, no. Oh, no yeah, I did. Where, uh, the where they're like transcribing. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Amazing. Detective Ridiculous. Crashmore with Santa Claus. <laughs> That was A+. Plus. I, Santa Claus during the press junket being an asshole. <laughs> you think that was a ripoff uh, Fat Man? I was thinking about Fat Man there. 
I love the idea of making like Santa Claus this like gritty, murderous character. I'll tell you who else who loves that. Is that, that is Mel Gibson in that yes, movie? Yeah, he, Mel Gibson he plays Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah. And a uh, friend of uh, this episode, um, Walton Goggins, yep. plays the hitman. Yep. Loved the burger guy. Oh, that was that was so fucking. That funny. was like classic season one. I think yeah. you should leave. Like you could put that in because I think these ones were uh, sort of like maybe I'm reading too far into it. But uh, one of my friends said like pointed out with Kendrick Lamar. He's like, hey, like notice with Kendrick Lamar's albums, he'll make them like increasingly like rap to the point where like on damn he's just like rapping his ass off. Where like the earlier albums are like okay. Do you like this? Do you like this? Is this accessible to everybody? He's just like, okay, like you trust me now. All right, I'm gonna go the fuck off. That's kind of what um, I think you should leave is where this is weird. Like season one is weird, but it's like, okay, you're down. Okay, you you trust me? I'm gonna go crazy in season two. And this and I I really like that sketch too because it's like it throws you the the rare twist of Tim Robinson being the the straight man. Yeah, or it's like you it, at every at the beginning of every stretch every every sketch you're kind of waiting for Tim Robinson to go off the rails, <laughs> and then like on that one. He never does, and yeah. it's the it's like the guy that you would least expect being f- super fucking weird. That was so funny <laughs> when he says, "It's like I'm gonna eat the, the whole thing. He, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this whole thing now." He, he, he says, "Uh, I think he keeps saying woof it down.' Oh, really? <laughs> he, he says like after he eats the whole thing, he's like, he's like, you better not tell anybody that I woofed down Tim's burger or whatever it was.' Uh, that that one was the, the I think the best part was he grabs it and like goes to take a bite. And he, nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just joking. joking. Yeah, I'm joking. just joking. Joking. I'd be. I mean, if somebody touched your oh, burger. Oh, like, have it, man. Yeah, I'd be like, that's that's yours. <laughs> yeah, right. And they'd be like, oh, I get a COVID. I'd be like, no, you, you just touch, touch my burger. My food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan Flashes would love to check out that store with my bro Pete. Yeah. <laughs> feel like we save up some Patreon money for a couple of years. And, get in and there. I love the uh, the follow-up to Dan Flashes when they have like the hotel. Oh, uh, yeah. The hotel, like very serene welcome music on like the TV that you would experience. And then all of a sudden it's the fucking chaotic Dan flashes infomercial nuts. Um, I would definitely check out Dan flashes and spend a shitload of money. Yeah, for sure. Uh, didn't point out one of the bigger names that was looped in here. Did you see the, uh, the dangerous nights sketch? Uh, holding the baby, the baby's crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I used to be a piece of shit. That one was fantastic, and that uh, was amazing. And uh, uh, sloppy steaks, sloppy, uh, yeah, yeah, sloppy steaks, (laughs) where you get a steak and dump a bunch of water on it. Uh, so they were playing a song, and there was like a vocoder, uh, yeah, it was a song like started with a vocoder saying like dangerous nights, and I'm like, I hope this singer actually starts singing because this sounds like Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend, and that's definitely him they end up like playing more of the song i rewound it and watched it again i was like all right someone knows somebody i know that like vampire weekend's guitarist is friends with uh brandon uh wardell so maybe there's a connection there or maybe it's just like maybe they're famous people robinson just likes vampire yeah something like (laughs) yeah i I assume that like tim robinson's probably friends with ezra koenig for one reason or another like listen to time crisis yeah uh there's you know what uh Tim Heidecker has been on Time Crisis a couple of times, so maybe there's a connection there. But it's just like, 
You guys everybody are celebrities. Knows everybody. You're all dating each yeah. other or something. Getting cozy. Yeah, you're all doing Getting steamy. steamy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they all have their steamy lives together. But uh, so it's like not surprising yeah. that they would get a uh, like a famous artist to do this like, like thirty second weird song. Ezra Koenig, like it's probably the weird on, like, shit. The, yeah, he's. I bet that he was very excited to get that ask, yeah. or maybe even hit him up and was like, "Hey." I've been working on this song. It's not going anywhere, but I do have like 35 good seconds, and the words are uh, like Dangerous Nights, if you want to make a, a sketch that would need a song called Dangerous Nights. I think we Nights. should stop being surprised about people like being in on I Think You Should Leave, because like... I know. Steve Yen was in season one. Yeah, like. yeah. It is weird, though. I mean... I don't mean to sound... It just uh, seems like people should have better things to do than be involved in something that's stupid, but, like, it's awesome. It should feel like wins for us. At least in my case, like, I'm a pretty... I, I know that, like, I'm I'm pretty stupid and, like, will stretch the, uh, the, the boundaries of, like, silliness or whatever, but, like... People appreciate stupid stuff. Yeah, I mean, clearly with this. But, I, yeah. I mean, I watch this similar to how I watch the tim heidecker stand-up special and i'm like oh i tweeted that last week i was like i don't get how the tim heidecker stand-up special doesn't have the same following as i think you should leave shouldn't that kind of s- scratch similar riches yeah but there is a uh, i feel like there's uh more subtlety to what tim heidecker is doing because like he is playing a believable character yeah i i've shown that and to like people i and had bet- to explain like oh he's doing this is like all intentional he's and, bombing and i bet that like there are stupid people who watch the tim heidecker special and are like this guy's funny <laughs> oh, like that's, unironically that's horrible yeah that is horrible but i bet that exists oh my god i never even thought about that if someone's like quoting the pepsi versus <laughs> coke sketch what's just hilarious imagine like you go to like a family gathering, and your uncle, your like fifty-five-year-old uncle, is like, "I watch this hilarious." Oh yeah, comedian. like a Facebook uncle. Yeah, is like, right. watch this comedian. He's great. Unlike <laughs> all these comedians now, they're afraid to go there. This guy, look, and he says he likes Trump too. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I bet that person exists, and that's horrifying. 